Tonight's episode is brought to you by Snap at You Photography. Snapatyouphotography.com. Mention reasonable ignorance. Get 10% off. A lot of money. Actors, artists, actresses, get your headshots done. Full size studio. Divorces, weddings, parties. After abortion parties. Get your photos done by Snap at You Photography. Snap at You Photography. Dot com bombs. Reasonable ignorance. Episode 36. Rasheed Wallace. You thought I ain't know it, number Ball 36. Ball don't huh? lie. Woo, you thought I ain't know it, number 36. Huh? Ball don't lie. Jerome Bettis. Yeah, you, you did some research real quick. No, that's in my <laughs> mind. All I know is sports. Did some research real quick. We got to. We got to. Hey, Rogers. Not Jack Check Briscoe's. this out. It's not reference two. It's the nature boy figure four. You understand? Everything I do is original. Like that girl over there said, she said, you see the nature boy? Well, he is some kind of fine. Right or wrong. He is some kind of fine. He's not one of the free birds. He's not Dusty Rhodes. He is the nature boy. Woo! He is the finest thing on today. Cadillac, diamond rings, and any woman I want. Just like that. You know why? Because my name is Rick Flynn. And I am the finest, toughest piece of work. And wrestling today. And I'm here, Gordon, for one reason and one reason only. Because Harley Race won't come to the Big Daddy. Woo! So the Big Daddy is coming to Harley Race. And I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving Atlanta until Harley Race and I meet right there. Fast women, fast athletics. That's what Atlanta's known for. That's what I'm known for. And brother, the nature boy is going to stay here woo, until he takes the world title from Mr. Harley Ray. Ladies and gentlemen, look at it. It's the finest product today. Yes. No imitation, awfully imitated, but never duplicated. Yes. The nature boy will be here woo, for a long time. Woo. Reasonable ignorance, baby. Did you hear Rick talking that shit? We're gonna change that to Muhammad Ali from now on. We're gonna go to the original black man with the with the shit talking on the fights. <laughs> Let's go for it. Cause cause he he he's trying too hard. He trying too hard. Yeah. We got a yeah. legend in the building today, man. Yeah. Straight yeah. from the Milwaukee, came up here to Chicago, introduce us to some shit. Check this shit out, Mike. I'm drop Listen to this shit. Wow. Yeah. And we just gonna do our thing. Yeah. Yeah. On the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at his face yeah. while this crowd is playing. Yeah, this is L right here. Yeah, you can turn the beat up some more, though. 
Where my flip mode at? Right here, right here. Ready at, ready at. Over there, over there. Yeah. Where my flip mode at? Right here, right here. Ready at, ready at. Over there, over there. Where the flip mode at? Right here, right here. Shot down, shot down. Over here, over there. Where the flip mode at? Right here, right here. Shot down. Over there, over there. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Check me out, y'all. It's my stuff out, y'all. I get busy, y'all. It's Lord have mercy, y'all. Uh, he get busy, yo. Uh, it's why I dig it, yo. yo. She get busy, yo. Ooh. It's baby sham, yo. Yeah. He get busy, yo. Ooh. It's rampage, yo. Yeah. He get busy, yo. Ooh. It's flip star, yo. Yeah. Busy. Wow. What, year, what year was that? Man, that was uh, 97. 97. 97. 97? Mike Love in the building, yes. 97. 97. Uh... Bombs! The dope thing about that was uh, that's a freestyle. Like, we... Oh, oh snap! Come mm-hmm. on, we can't we can't prepare for you today, man. I see. Hey, <laughs> we can't prepare. Right. Mm-hmm. We want you to just enjoy yourself. Yeah. We're gonna have a good conversation. Yes, with you. yes. Nine seven. Nine seven again. Yeah. DA Smart is the first to drop the bomb. Changing when I get angry like that black action figure they call Spawn. Uh, Making sure that my mic's in on. In the background DA's doing like puffy. Literally. I've heard this five trillion times. I know all my ad libs. All my competitors, I just laugh at them. Let them know where I'm coming from. I'm dropping bombs when I finish with this mic. It's going to be numb. So here I come. Come on, D. Talk to me. They try to stalk the D. All you can do is be my homie. Try to walk with me. The ghetto love, feel the funk. I know I'm in your trunk. Giving you what you want. So roll up your That's if you want it. Because I'm here to fade you and save you. D.A. Smart representing. I'm from the Taylor. Taylor to the Ickies. Rhyme on down. Now let me make a sound. I made so brother. Pound. Now I'm holding ground, lost but I was found. Understand I'm bound by this mic. When I came down to strike, I, I strike, strike like Lee. I want an MC, but I'm not. Still a got it in You see it? You see like it? Sounds like an Indian. Plus another new chip. Got the mic, love, and the brother named Diz. When it comes to microphone, you, you know, know I guess biz. So what time it is? Look at your watch and check it. Constance, get a part of record and dyslexic. So look into the score and check it. I'm scoring hell. I've been the sweetest thing since. Uh, Lauren Hill, but you can build. I have to feel on the road call. I'll hold y'all down when I just come around. I get around like two pot. This is a new spot. Who's hot? The brother, calm sense. With Twister and DA. DA, I'm smarter. When it comes to this, I, I got, got the tartar. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Cut this it. was the summer 97. Yeah, it was. And we, you knew y'all was coming on because this was starting off the show. Like Man. once, it would have like the first or second song. Yep, yep. Yeah, we always played that, and it was like number one in the nine and nine. This might be a little surprise for you, though. Thank you, thank yeah, you like, for like, that. Like, 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 like the new, the next song. Oh, it's another one. Yeah, it's another okay. song. Okay, what else we got? I don't know what this is. Wait a minute. It sounds so smooth and mellow. Yeah. Some uh, some Miles. The Miles Day. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yes. Miles Day was kind of blue. Come him on. And, uh, him and uh, John Coltrane. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Yeah. 
Him and Train used to go at it. Yeah, so I pay attention to you. Yeah, the, the, that's what I love about uh, this era. Yeah. Is, um, it's kind of like the movie Mo Better Blues, yeah. where they would like fight for uh, power in the in the within each other. Yeah, within the within the group yeah. within the quartet. That's that's probably why I don't know because I don't know the history. Wesley was on some bullshit though. He fucked his lady. That was some bullshit. That was some, <laughs> but that was that's some probably why skin nigga shit. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably why Coltrane <laughs> went he off and did his for own. real shit. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was. Spike was real. no joke when it come to them movies for real. <laughs> that's one of my co- favorite movies. More better blues because the way Denzel played it. Yeah. When they came to the club together, they came to the club separately. With the dresses on, same dresses. Right, and right. And he went from table to table on some smooth shit. Oh, man. I yeah. can't tell you how many times I did that shit. Yeah, they wasn't dressed alike, but I had to just like. Right. Oh, but, grandiose motherfuckers. But one night at Francis, I got caught up. Oh, man. That's the spot, huh? That's the it. spot. Yeah, I've been going to Francis Mall. Shout out to Francis Cocktail Lounge. Yeah. My man, my homie, good friend of mine since I was eight years old, Marlon Mitchell. Yeah. We grew up together, so. That's 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 like my first time really partying in Francis was for Marlon's twenty first birthday. Damn. And his mom was like, "Who is that nigga in the back over there acting a damn fool in the corner?" Mm-hmm. But I wasn't drinking like that then. Right. But I right. was drinking these damn uh, <laughs> demon wanna, drafts. You wasn't drinking like that then. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, ninety two. So Marlon was stories. Magic Mike. Marlon turned twenty one. Ninety two. Cause I was twenty two. So uh, welcome, Mike Love. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. A legend is in the building. Oh, yeah. stop, man. All the way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Packers fan? Yep. Born and raised. I, I can't help it. I am what I am. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. And this man come. When did you start on GCI here in Chicago? I started in 94. I started working part-time on the weekend in 94 and full-time every day in 97. Before we go any further, was your voice like that all the time, like your whole life, or did you just no? That's your no. gift from God. I think no. I think after a while, you just kind of develop it. Yeah. Like, and you guys will notice this too. Like, like the more you do it, the more you get comfortable. Yeah. The more your voice sounds like a quote unquote radio voice or a quote unquote broadcaster voice. It's just I've been doing it for, for so long that it's just like that's my voice now. Okay. So, what got you into broadcasting, man? DJing, man, DJing, just my first love. Just you know, I started out doing mixes on the radio. Uh huh. I started out doing in Milwaukee a um like a noon mix. I won a contest to do a noon mix. I did the noon mix on this AM radio station for two years, and uh, then I got a job at an FM station in Milwaukee. And after that, they was uh, I always wanted to be on the radio because who don't want to fucking be on the radio? Yeah. So. You know, I knew that I wanted to be on the radio, but DJing was the most important thing. And one day my boss was like, you know, if you want to be on the radio, you got to let people know. So they slowly started working me in the stuff part time and uh, doing traffic and stuff like that. And next thing you know, I got an opportunity to just kind of snowball from there. Right. Shout out to Fun Lock in Milwaukee. That's a street, like 79th Street here in Chicago. Like, du Lac. Man, whatever you do it in Milwaukee, they're going to say, go to Fun du Lac. <laughs> Black folks will say, go to Fun du Lac. Because this shit, like, goes diagonally. It's, yeah. it's like, uh, it's a good diagonal street here. It's like fucking, Archer. Yeah, it's like fucking Archer. Just it'll get you from one end to the other. 
yeah. just diagonal. Actually, yeah. some of these east-west streets uh, will go diagonal from time to time, depending on where you're at and how the fuck you're driving. Yeah. You got to really know this bitch. But I can say that I've been here so long that I'm, I feel like a citizen of Chicago land, <laughs> and I know this bitch like the back of my hand. Yeah. Right? I can get to anywhere. I was like... This nigga was like uh, 6,500 West. Uh, I was like, shit, nigga, that's an hour from the crib. I didn't say all that in the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right. He was talking to himself. You're right. Yeah, I said that to myself, but in my mind, I was like, fuck. Mike. That's that's what I saw for real. Mike, love. King, Bula. Man, you um, have raised a a generation of of men and young boys, young, young ladies, men, women. Thank you. In this fucking city. I, I didn't realize that. Realize it, realize it till I came back to the radio and was on um on 106, the, the job that I got now doing afternoon drive two to six. Uh-huh. And I ran into so many of the as I call them kids. You know how you like watching college basketball yeah. and all the coaches call motherfuckers yeah. kids. Yeah. All the years you've been watching college basketball, because oh, my kids, you know. Yeah. And you'd be like, God damn, they're they kids? But it's like after you get to a certain age, you be, right. you is like kids. Right. <laughs> because right. you in your 40s and 50s or, or late 30s and these motherfuckers in their 20s is kids. So yeah. when I started noticing the kids at uh, at Power 92, like, how they just was, like, really giving it up to me, like, just showing a lot of love, like, yeah. man. You know, because they in radio. Exactly. And so they grew up listening to the bad boys wanting to be in radio. So, and you ain't talking about the generation of people that just listen to the radio. So, yeah, I, I think that's when I first realized, like, damn, okay. I mean, I always knew because people come up to you and they'd be like, man, you know, you did a good job and, you know, I appreciate it. Grew up listening to that, but you know, just to see that you influence a, a whole generation of people that wanted to do radio, I think that's when I started to see it. Like, oh shit! So maybe just two years ago, man, a couple of years ago, I'm not gonna front. I listened to you the whole time you was on GC. Yeah, yeah, we so did every yep. every year on my birthday. I was like, I'm gonna call in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on this. Get shit. on the I'm birthday gonna, line. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on. <laughs> this year, it's my past birthday in October. I'm 45. Uh huh. He inboxes me. He said, "I, was like, I see it's your birthday, man. You won't you get on the birthday won't, won't you line?" On the birthday line. <laughs> I said, "Won't he do it?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and he hit me. He hit me I like. Called it. him. I uh, hit him right back. You know, we did the inbox thing. He's like, "I'm gonna call you tomorrow." This and that. So I'm in the shop. Uh huh. I tell my client, "Look, I got this call. It's about to come in in a few minutes." Should be coming in shortly. It's coming in from Indiana or whatever. Whatever the number you said mm-hmm. it was going to be. Yep, 219. I said, I'm going to the back. I got to do this thing right quick. He's like, man, what you got to do now? <laughs> so, like, right, it's my right, birthday. Right, chill. right. It's my birthday. Chill. I knocked it out in one take. One take. One take. Baby, one take. One take. Like, that comes from like, who don't years know. Who don't know the birthday? Listening line. to yeah. Monday through Friday, listening yeah. to who's yeah. that song? Exactly. <laughs> Request line. Five, birthday five, line. Five people a night, five nights a week for 10 years. Like, we never missed a night. Like, that line was jumping every night. Wow. And this is right pre-cell phone, but cell phone. So back when people were still calling from the crib. Yeah. You couldn't do that now. And, like, even now when I do it, it's different because uh, of the delay. 
Right. Because we was doing it live, and and back then you didn't have a delay because you was on the home phone, so it was like everything was direct. And we didn't have a delay on the radio station. Like all the stations got a delay now. Yeah. They ain't trying to lose a fucking license. So you was working the board then? Yeah, I was working the. I you ran. Both the of y'all was working the board. At no, the, I ran you? the board, and the Diz was on the other side. So okay. he was on. So so I did all of the technical work on the show for ten years. So everything you heard uh-huh. from. Uh, Shit, we started. I'm. I, we didn't invent the air horn, like the air. This kind of like the how you do the, right. How yeah. you do the bombs and yeah. like as a as an exclamation. Right. But we was the first outside of Jamaicans. We was the first people to do the air horn as an exclamation. Really like on the rail? Yeah, yeah. We was doing. I was doing that shit ten years ago. I remember the new fifty. Remember Friday nights oh, yeah. at the new Friday nights at the fifty yard line on hundred forty seventh and Halston. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we had a lot of good times. All those freestyles and the songs, man. It's just it was a different era. It was a different time. So we we I was influenced by East Coast radio. That's what I grew up listening to. Yeah, you know, okay. all the, the mixed shows, the the Molly Malls and Red Alerts and even uh what's this movie that they just made about uh stretching Bobito? Yeah. Like where artists came up and freestyled. I didn't get to see that one. <clears throat> That's I a didn't good get movie. To see it. it is? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's still out. Like you can uh get it on demand or something. Okay. But it's what's one the name of, the, of it? It's uh shit. The the stretching Bobito documentary. I can't okay. think of the okay. name okay. of it offhand, but um it's just a different time when artists came up to the radio set. Like, even that um that flip mode that that y'all played. The freestyle. Yeah, the freestyle. Like yeah. they was literally filling it out. Right. Like and and the dope thing is like as I was like picturing it in my mind's eye, it's like we hit the beat, they never know what the beat is gonna be. Right. And Busta was basically orchestrating them. While the beat was playing, so they was like all filling it out. Everybody had headphones on. Right. Then he's like, well, you know, where my flip mode at? Right here, right, right here. Then, then as it goes on, he's like, what, 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 what? And he started bouncing off of them, and they start bouncing off of him before they even started rhyming. So it's like listening to that brought all that back, and how dope he actually kind of just kind of conducted them as the beat was playing and then everybody did that and then they rapped for like 10 minutes because he was in love with the art of rapping exactly and exactly yeah yeah and yeah. he knew that somehow or some way this could be saved and then other artists were here yeah and he to get back to new york that's when new york was was was, was still number one so right right he'd get back to new york and be like hey i heard that whack Rack freestyle you mm. did in Chicago on GCI, you know what yeah. I mean? And but I will say that even during our our uh, run on GCI, like after a while, you started to see what I call the shift, and that was a lot of a lot of MCs stopped rapping, a lot of MCs stopped freestyling, and it's it stopped becoming the thing to do. Like yeah. when rappers came up to a radio station, so after a while, rappers would come up and they would just freestyle, uh, they would just interview. Unless, you know, in between songs, we would talk to him and be like, hey, man, you rap, y'all good for freestyle? Mm-hmm. Like, I put together, and, and they all up on YouTube, but I put together all of the freestyles that we ever did. And as the years go on, like, you have a whole, because I put, like, the year with them. Right. So you have a lot in 97, 98, 99, but by, like, I was there till 2007. 
So by the time 2007, 2006, 2005, it's like very few. It's very few because very few people actually wanted to rap at that time or could or could rap and not curse. Exactly. In a freestyle. And so the, the punches wasn't there then. We got like, so much to talk about. You know that, right? <laughs> right, like, right. Like, like, like the King punch out the curses, this and that. Like you, the, the they could have. I remember saying that to uh, Royce the Five Nine came up to the radio station. And this was around the time he was on Columbia. Uh, this was right after Renegade, all of that was out. So I remember going, man, just do something written, but just hit the mute because we had a cough button. And there's a real popular, I've never heard this freestyle, but there's a, a freestyle from Biggie on the Wake Up Show right. where he did that. Where And all my West Coast people was always telling me, man, Big did this freestyle on the Wake Up Show where he hit the cough button every time he cursed. To the West Coast music? I don't know. Was it, I, was it, was it, one, was it, was it the one to the uh, all the NWA beats? He did I, one to the okay. NWA beats that was just bananas. Okay. That I might broke be the that one. Tape. That might be the I one. I broke it. But I told him just hit the cough button. He was like, "Man, I can't do it." So that was kind of the beginning of the end of freestyle. Don't you hate? Uh, and this is Royce the Five Nine, like the nigga yeah. that still make records with Premier to this day. Yeah, that's like crazy. a person that people still consider like a lyrical MC. Like yeah. he, but he was like he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I, so full of himself. That's why he's still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cats. You know, every you know, rappers, rap egos, things. It's yeah, like Bula said, it's so much to talk about, man. It's, it's, it's so many things. What was your introduction into Chicago? Uh, before, before that, before that, Mike. Okay, let's go back. Let's. I want to go back before that, let's Mike. Go back. We got two mics in the building. Yeah, five magic. mics in the magic. building. <laughs> we got Magic Mike, Mike Love, right, and the mics that we talking on. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, <laughs> Milwaukee, five mics. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah. Give us the paint us the picture. Okay, um, growing up Milwaukee, <clears throat> late early seventies. Here comes Buddha with all the <laughs> Ed Bradley questions. <laughs> Sixty minutes. It's um, <laughs> it's a lot less gritty than the shy. Okay. Um, the niggas have curls. Oh, absolutely. Niggas, niggas had, had Jerry niggas curls. Had curls and they called them freeze waves into the nineties. <laughs> Like, niggas had curls into the 90s. Like, if you went to visit Milwaukee, even up until, I say, like, the late 90s, like, you, I mean, freeze wave, whatever. Freeze wave. Freeze something. But niggas wasn't calling them curls no more, but they was essentially curls. So, uh, I didn't have a curl, like, through the 80s. I had one in, like, the early, like, 79, 80. Had to, you know... Put the shit in your hair, stay soft, fro. Yeah. But uh, Milwaukee was a, a cool place to grow up, man. It was, you know, just like any urban area, USA, man. It was just, you know, listening to a lot of music, uh, backyard parties, uh, you know, growing up eating pots of beans because parents really can't afford much else, you know, just going to school every day, summertime spent outside. You know, um, my pops, you couldn't stay in the crib. Like, you'd be like, you know, boy, you need to get outside and get some air. That's what my father would always say. So okay. I just got into music. I, I love The one thing you love to hear your parents say, but then you don't know where the fuck to go. Right. Right. <laughs> you just be like, now where's, your, the, where's your father originally from? Uh, Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Moms? Right. Uh, moms is from Dyesburg, Tennessee. 
Okay. So you Southern know, influence so Southern, right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, you had your you had, had to have your ass home. Every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. You had to have your ass in before the lights was on. Like, there's certain things that, you know, it's just uh, universal to the black experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Soul yeah. food, neck bones. Uh, you know, washing like, on Saturdays, mm-hmm. church on Sundays. Yeah, clean, clean up the house. I will yeah. say in Milwaukee, church not so much as here. Like in Chicago, you was raised in the church and you had no choice. These are things that I learned from being in Chicago for the last twenty years. Yeah. Like in Milwaukee, we had a choice, and my parents chose to not go to church, so we chose not. Like I remember going to church yeah. at one time as a shorty. Like, there is no black person in Chicago that I know or have met that says I had a choice to go or not go to church on Sunday. Right. No one. I have yet to meet that black person. All black people in Chicago was raised in the church. The difference in Milwaukee is is that we weren't. So, right. okay. so I tend to be a lot more heathenistic <laughs> because I don't have the general knowledge that y'all have because yeah. y'all have shit that just sunk in because yeah. you was a part of it. Like, you don't even you you can shit spit scripture just because you just was a part of it for so much of your life. Yeah. Whereas with me, I'm just literally a heathen and just bask. <laughs> I just bask in that shit. I'd be like, man, I'm a heathen. Like I was invited to church recently. I was like, no, nah, tell the pastor, uh, the pastor's wife. It was like the pastor's wife was wondering if you'd like to stop by and come. And I was like, uh, tell the pastor's wife no, <laughs> and, that, and tell her I'm a heathen. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I won't do all that." But... <laughs> I was like, "Okay, well, well your well, choice." But, but they don't. <laughs> what's so crazy about the church people here? They when they get in church, they in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, yeah. Like you got to remind me, like you know, Jesus walked along with, with the whores and, and the sinners. Yeah, you can't. You know, yeah, right? that's... He, he was trying to change it. Like if it ain't no sinners and no heathens. Like, yeah, it ain't no need for the church, right? Right. <laughs> right we, but, so we in heaven now, right? But <laughs> you know we we so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christians nowadays are so above that. Like yeah. they don't even understand that basic shit. Yeah, that you and you can't tell them that. No, you can't. They, they tighten. Or they are they really just like, yeah, okay, well I know you a heathen, so they like, okay, so you the sinner, so I'm trying to get you to come to church, and that that's not what y'all just said. Y'all said that Jesus was walking with. <clears throat> yeah. The sinners, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right, exactly. That's why I always argue. I would argue for the show Black Jesus because I'd be like, man, that's that's a true description of what Jesus would Maybe. be doing today. Like people are like Jesus gonna come back and kill the, and end the world and you know miracles. And I'd hey, be like, oh. we, we we had a conversation the other day. I'm sure in the barbershop uh-huh. with religion, mm-hmm. and we was talking about where was he at? So if he was this black man. Wow, all the disciples named Paul, John. I was like, they're not even <laughs> African right. names, man. Right, they're not right. even they're not Israelite names. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's deep, man. It's a rabbit hole. Like what now what, why is not one of them named uh Right, Eli- Elijah or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's so that's that's how and where I came up and it uh, I read a lot of comic books. I read a lot of books. And comic books? I, comic books, yeah. I was like, it's Favorite funny. One. It's one. funny. Um, X, X-Men around like 1979, 1980, like when I was like 12, 13. Yeah. Like okay. I was super heavy in the comic. It's like I was so in the comic books 
that when they started making movies, I'd be like, oh shit, they finally they make like they made a lot of movies off the series that I was reading when yeah. I was a kid. So Days of Future Past is literally my favorite X-Men yeah. comic book of all time. That shit came in like 79, 80. Yeah. Like, so a lot of the stories, like I would tell my kids, I'd be like, huh, this is this is my Spider-Man or this is my X-Men story okay. or something. And so, that was your iPhone then. That's what you <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you really earned your money to get was comic books. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like for for me it was sports illustrated. You know, right. I had, I had to earn money because I love sports like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But on another level that that was our reading material. Right, right. Now, now we just tweet and Snapchat. Right, and scroll. But the thing was, and, <laughs> as and a you side, said our kids do. As a side note, I will tell you that, you know, it's a uh, a black-owned comic book uh, store in Philly. Really? Black-owned by a black woman. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, I just, I saw that. I yeah, saw that online She owns recently. that. Check her out. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. you into, You said you was into comics well, back I then. Was well, I was when I was okay. a kid. And I still occasionally will kind of pop in and out. But... Music kind of took took over like in 79, 80, 81, and that's when I really but wanted to be. Collection? Yeah, that's when I really wanted to be a D. I didn't put the comic books aside till like maybe my senior year, which was 84, but I'd say that my focus of music just encompassed me. Right. So that, so all throughout my high school years, it was comic books and records. Kind of, that's what I spent my money comic on. Comic books and records. Comic books and records, yeah. So in 79, 78, 80. I didn't really start buying records until I got a job that I could like actually because comic books was like a quarter, 30, 40 cent. Right. So you could take the the two or three dollars that your moms gave you for allowance and go down. I can go down to the uh to the book stand and buy ten comic books with three dollars. You know, what yeah. I mean it was it was nothing because it wasn't no tax, it was just 30 cents each. Whereas records, you know, they was they was even forty fives was a dollar, but you wanted to get the twelve inch or an album. You was running four ninety nine, five six for an album. So not until I got a job was I really buying records, and that was around eighty three, eighty four. So all of the, all of my DJing just really came from, uh, and then doing pause mixes and stuff back in the early pause edit days. And okay, me and my cousin. My cousin is the exact same age as me. Uh, we kind of taught each other to do pause mixes. So. All of that kind of really started and led to uh, a love for music and then hip-hop and then, you know, where I got on the radio in, like, 85 or 86. Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Uh, 45s in the 70s, I was, um, my cousin will say, uh, Dust in the Wind by Kansas, because I went to a, uh, we we were bust. Your your engineer would know. <laughs> we were bust. <laughs> we were bust to the south. Right, right, right. Yeah. We were bust onto the south. So I was a part of busing. Yeah. So we were bust. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. See, see, this this is what I want. This is this is what I'm getting we need to. to get into. Yeah, go ahead. Go busing. ahead. Busing. So busing was basically uh, integration, you know, or sec. No yeah. integration. Integration. So they they took us from the hood, which uh, is what. So uh, where I was raised, which was like uh, twenty six and center. I mean, that's hood as well. Yeah. There's a lot of hood in yeah. Milwaukee. I was raised around like Richards and Keith, and then we moved to like uh, 
second in chamber, second in Burleigh in that area. Okay. So basically, basically what happened, <laughs> yeah, a lot of big time shootings go down. <laughs> yeah. So basically around third or fourth grade, uh, they came up to me in the school and they they told us like that they was taking us out of our black school and they were busing us all the way across town to the south side. And the south side in Milwaukee was a predominantly white side of town. So they took us out of our black neighborhood and it was like this busing. And next thing you know, for the from like fourth grade to eighth grade, I was getting up early every morning to get on a bus and go all the way to the side of town where there was literally once you crossed a certain line, they say Chicago segregated and they say the same thing about Milwaukee. Like I never forget the first day we walked in that classroom, like those kids had never seen black kids before. Really? So when they looked, I mean, they looked at us. This was like maybe 74, 75. I mean, How many of y'all walked in together? Uh, Maybe like a handful, six of us, six or seven. It was just like some shit like how you so see in the- Y'all was Milwaukee 7, huh? <laughs> like the Little Rock 9. <laughs> exactly, nigga. Yeah. It was just like that. <laughs> and he but said the, exactly, nigga. The, te- <laughs> the teachers, the teachers, the teachers was cool. The yeah. teachers was always cool. Yeah. As if, you know, they had seen it before. But I mean, the kids- and before they bust us over there, they said, um, uh, there are going to be some kids over there. Are y'all going to run into some people that have never seen black people before in 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 the flesh? And, and Milwaukee's like, is it? would, would you consider Milwaukee uh, uh, back then one of those, uh, like a, a major metropolitan city back then? Or was it, a, was it that small no, town, like big city small, thing? It's like uh, if, if you... Picked up Gary and dropped it in fucking Wisconsin. Yeah, maybe really? a little bigger than that. Okay. I mean, it's and and certainly a little cleaner, or maybe the, the, maybe Joliet or something. You know, Milwaukee was Laverne and Shirley, where you never <clears> see no blacks. Milwaukee was Happy Days, where you never see no blacks. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Sticks Cunningham or whatever the dude. Remember, yeah, it was like yeah, the one yeah. black dude, yeah. <laughs> Sticks Downey or whatever the fuck ah, the nigga's name was. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like that. But it was a bunch. People don't think there's black people, but it's like 13% of the city. So so we was all, 13% of us was all on the north side, like, you know, in this specific area. And then uh, we was just kind of bust. And like I said, it was certain parts of the city you just had never, black people didn't even live that far. I mean, it was like, it was like shit you see on TV. But it was cool because it exposed me to different kinds of shit and different kind of music. So yeah. so we started listening to back then, you just listen to AM. So like here it was like WLS was like the big pop station. Yeah. So there it was like WOKY. So uh, if you wanted to understand, and there was black kids that was like, I'm black and we listened to Parliament. The, yeah, yeah, Parliament, <laughs> Funky, whatever was black of that. I remember yeah. I used to be in the classroom, like, I was the dude that was in charge of the 45s at the party. So, if you give me the 45s, I was a DJ even back then, like, fourth, fifth grade. That's crazy, So, I was, so the white kids would give me, they, so I'd play, like, one white record, one black record. Yeah. And But a black record, i never forget it. Like, this white, this black girl gave me the 45s, the emotions, don't ask my neighbor. Whoa. Like that, that's how far back I'm talking. Like, and I remember only the black kids in the room knew that record. And exactly. the black girls was like, don't ask my neighbor. But there was some records that you could play like a Casey and the Sunshine Band that everybody knew. 
or you could play Boogie Nights by, yeah. and everybody knew that. So I could play those records, but I would always play like a black record that I know that the black people only knew. So shit, that's, I mean, that's that's crazy because I remember those parties like yesterday, not in seventy four, seventy five, right, right. But I'm talking about like in eighty one, eighty two. And then we used to be able to bring our bring your records to school for the last day of school right, party or right. the Christmas yeah, that's party. True. That's true. Yeah, that's and true. my man Philanders Frazier, shout out to Philanders Frazier, man. This dude used to bring Lakeside and like like like. Come I on, I was up. I was in the Christian house, but Philanders was a state on state, so he had uh-huh. his old man let him bring like ten records. Come with a stack, and huh? and and this was like the whole record, the whole Gap band. Oh, okay, you know what the I mean? album. Yeah, the whole album, <laughs> and 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 he'd be the mo- coolest motherfucker right then and there. In man, he said took you your what? Took your motherfucking night. shine away, didn't he? But you no, but you know what? <laughs> no, I was dancing, man. I knew how to keep up. Right. I knew how to set the set the pace. Took your shine away. And the crazy part about it is, when he played his records, you couldn't DJ because he was like, my daddy said these records can't get scared. Oh, ain't nobody touching these. So if these oh, records man. get scratched, I'm getting my ass beat. So. He was the DJ. Oh, but his records only. Magic. All right. Not right. even Mr. Cooper can play his records. <laughs> the teacher, <he's> like, <laughs> no, Cooper. no, you can't play these. Only oh, my daddy said, right. if these come back scratch, that's my ass. Right. So, so Philanders was, uh, was shout out to him. Yeah. So let's get into the high school years of Mike Love. Okay. High school years um, starts in 1980, right? Yep. 1980, 80 to 84. 80 Still reading comic books. Uh, was you a fan of Sidney Moncrief? Uh, yeah, man. The Bucks. <laughs> Shit. I was Shit. Just, he beat Jackson. me to it. I will say. He beat me to it. I will say that. Paul Pressey. Nigga. I was the <laughs> biggest. Terry Cummings. I, I used to go buy single game tickets. Mm. Like by my damn self. Like I, I was a loner. So I wore the big thick glasses. So I was just the nerd. So like, if, if wasn't nobody trying to go to a Bucks game with me, I was going by my goddamn. So I remember seeing Isaiah as a rookie, right? Like step out on the court, and it was back in the days when when they had to turn the lights on over the court, and I yeah. never forget it. Like I went to Isaiah's first rookie game. Uh, in Milwaukee, right. and I remember they was out on the floor getting ready to start doing layup lines, and they hadn't turned on the house lights over the floor yet, and they turned the floor lights on, and Isaiah just kind of like, like, oh, shit, the lights is on. <clears throat> but Isaiah Kelly Trapuca, I mean, yeah. you talk about Sports Illustrated, man. I was yeah. a super big sports fan. Like, I lived and died with the Bucks in the 80s because they was actually good. Yeah. So they was good, like, all the way up and through, like, mid- late to the late 80s. Yeah. Terry Cummings, Marcus Johnson, Mike Brian Dunleavy Winters. Senior. Right. Dunleavy Sr., uh, the Don Nelson years, Bob Lanier. Yeah. Nigga, I was there. I, I'd go see, I'd get a single game, and I wasn't ever a season ticket holder, so I would go literally go down to the box office and buy a ticket. And, you know, it's like Sixers and Boston games, L.A. games, forget yeah. it. Like, they sell out just yeah. immediately. But you could buy um, what Anybody they call. Else, yeah. No, you could get, because um, back then, you know, they was in them stadiums and, they, you know, yeah. they had um, uh, – uh, the columns, the columns, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where you could the, buy the, the, the block a seat. Yeah, right. Instructive. 
instructive view. Exactly. So I get the instructive view joints Tickets, just, yeah. just to go see the doc, man. Yeah. But I got one 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 time. I remember buying some tickets. Uh-huh. Uh, I bought two tickets to the game, and it was this girl I had a crush on. And I was like, and I know she loved Dr. J. Just like a broad today might like Steph Curry or, yeah. or whoever. Right. I was like, this, I was like, I'm going to get her. She's going to go to this game. I got tickets to see Dr. J. Oh, I know I'm in there. So, you know, I had the tickets probably junior, senior year. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, I got these two tickets to see the Bucks play Dr. J. You know, you want to go? And I, she came on something. She, oh, I can't. You know, bras in them days yeah. was a lot less bogus. You yeah, know, they was yeah, they just yeah. was like, oh, you know, I'd love to go, but I don't think my mother would let me or some shit like that. Yeah. You know, and uh, she didn't go. So I remember just giving a ticket to one of my guys, and we just went to see the fucking Bucks. But, yeah. Speaking of something from the 70s and the 80s, mm-hmm. going along with the women today, where has the shame going to? <laughs> the shame like people in general have no shame women have no shame yeah young ladies have no shame like you see all young ladies trying to live like the uh reality tv stars yeah yeah the cardi yeah. b's and you know somebody else that came no shells yeah you know like what happened to the shame like you said you had you had to work your nerve you you earned the money to get the ticket to right. go see dr j exactly. you had a crush on this young lady but yeah, they still get the nerves up to ask her, right? And then she had to say, "No, my mother." You know right? It wasn't no bo. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a single bit of bogusness connected connected to it in any way where I could just totally see. Like one of my daughters, like, "Ugh, this boy came up to me and was yeah. like, Ugh. yeah." But I, I mean, it's just it's just the time that they live in. I mean, I look back at my high school pictures and it's like nothing but real hair in it, like just short, regular. Natural hairstyles. You look at a high school graduation picture now, it's number weaves and, you know, long shit. I mean, it's, Unbelievable. it's the sign of the times, man. You know, we old guys and it is what it is. Yeah. You know, um, but that's that's kind of what we came up around. So, yeah, I, I, I watched a lot of basketball. I lived and died like Sports Illustrated. I mean, I didn't subscribe to it, but I literally remember covers. I remember the cover... Um, what was that when uh, Chuck Muncie did cocaine, yeah. nigga? <laughs> and that shit was the cover story of the fucking yeah. Sports Illustrated. Like I had Chuck that. Muncie, the running back number forty six for the San Diego Chargers. Come on, baby, come on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he wore the goggles. Right, right. Yeah. I remember, you know, just the short shorts era, Doctor J, and yeah. you know, Paul Molitor. Yeah, right, Man, right, exactly. Yeah. Robin Yacht. Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers, 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 yeah, '82, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they went to the World Series in '82, so that was part of my high school year. So yeah, sports was uh, sports was kind of cracking in the '80s in Milwaukee, but uh, you know, it's been on a on a dot. But football sucked. (laughs) So like the Packers sucked from like the '70s. Oh, thank you, thank you for those horns. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they sucked until like ninety or whenever. Do you like remember right right before Mikowski, like Mikowski? Yeah, Magic Mikowski, right? Yeah, number right, seven, right? Magic, like into Favre, like mm-hmm. like I told my oldest daughter, who's twenty three, I said, "Man, you've lived an entire life with a football team that has been good. Yeah. Like the Packers, your entire life have been good from ninety three to now." 
I was like, shit, I, I'm from the 70s, from the time I could remember from Lynn Dickey to, you know, all them <laughs> horrible-ass motherfuckers. So I think so, he was the quarterback that day when they came to Chicago and lost to the Bears 61-7. to Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. 61-7. I mean, to seven. So I they was banned. I so, I mean, but, but I will say that I watched all them games every Sunday, so just as much as Bear fans watch the Bears and, and struggle through them, like, I watched all them bad years of the Packers with my pops, and that built that bond with me and my father and that that bond of the team. Like, that was the sports, team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they sucked, but you still watched them. So when they got good all those years up until, you know, now. So we lose that now. We lose that now because we don't have that now with the – I think the, the, the fathers now, they, uh, they just tell their son – you got so more, much now as where the parent is a fan of the child. Mm. And that's not good. Like, your father never was a fan of yours growing up. He was your father. You right, know what I mean? Right, absolutely. So he, he, didn't, he didn't be like, yeah, my boy, he, uh, right, he, right, right. He was a DJ last week. Yeah, he sure the fuck <laughs> in was. In seventh grade. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. No, it's, in it's, the 70s. It was, it, it, what the hell is that? Get? What? Why the trash up? Why I got them trash back there? That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, it was was different. My parents was not fans. Who got the dishes today? Exactly. Fuck them (laughs) records. Yeah. Fuck them comic books. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. My father did not play that shit. 80 through 84, right? In Uh high school. Yeah. What's the name of the high school you went to? North Division. North Division. On 10th and Center. Were you bust in on that one? No, or? no. By that time, that school is gone, by right? that time, it's still there. It's just under a different name. Okay, because it's not um, too far from the uh... mixed. Is it? Is it mixed? Uh... No, it's black because it's, it's in the black? hood. It's okay. always been a black school. Like it's it's been a couple of white kids that would go there from time. Like there was like three white kids that graduated with my senior class, and they was like valedictorian. Uh, like they was at the top of the class. So, never, I mean, okay. no so class how did, how did, shit. how did you make nah. the how did you make that transition from all white to all black school? Yeah, I was ready to at that point because I had, I just had a, and I don't know where it came from, but I just had a a flash of, uh, wanting to be around black people again. Like I had gone to, I was bust to this south side to these south side schools. I didn't hate it. I dug it. I I dug the education. I dug learning being around white folks being around white culture but for high school i was like i want to be around black folks for four years i want to be around my peers yeah my, yeah, my yeah. exactly exactly yeah. and you, and i can honestly it was it was I a learn learning, how to spank for real it was a learning experience because <laughs> i was i talked proper and was you know like yeah. white music i was you know but uh it was a learning experience but i i i'm glad for those four years because they prepared me for the rest of my life okay. like i I didn't get to see all the neck snapping and uh, yeah. and and all that, you know, in in grade school because white girls didn't do shit like that. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, Michael. <laughs> now, <laughs> DJing. Now, from from my perspective, DJing starts with, um, cool hurt. Right. When you dealing with the the turntables. The one is the ones and twos, the right, turntables right, right, and everything, right. break beats, mm-hmm. scratching break beats and stuff right. like that. Talk to us about that. From 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 my introduction to your it, intru- or, yeah, yeah, your introduction as far as 
it, is it does it does it parallel with what you learned with Cool Herc or what you heard about the stories that you heard? Or I mean, you... it, it started. It definitely was like. Um, I mean, every like it was park jams. Like this is park jams in Chicago. Like, like you know, you could go to the park when we was kids, and in the summertime, when the radio station would come and set up and. It'd be a fucking party, and it was just it was just a party. It wasn't you know no danger and no shit like that. Okay, it's just uh, so that was my first exposure to being, but it wasn't like two turntables and a DJ. It was just the radio station playing music. I don't remember like really starting to see like two turntables. I think we was pretty behind on that two turntable shit. Like, okay, okay. I think Chicago kind of put Milwaukee up on on that. Like, um. I don't. I can't remember when I eighty three time. I think we were still doing it too, cause Doug uh, Tom Jordan was over at JPC mm-hmm. nine fifty a.m. Right, and he used to do a thing down in Grand Park. Mm-hmm. And then when Oprah Winfrey got here, she got on it too. So they used to have like the uh, best barbecue contest. Right, and so they was playing the the music, but it was just the black station exactly that they was listening and to. That's, you and know that's, what I mean? Right. You so, didn't really start seeing the the turn, like, not until, like, Run DMC. I mean, no, no, I take that back. Because, house music, a little bit, but house music no, wasn't I'm talking about this, But know. I'm talking about as far as, like, the crossfader. The, yeah, yeah. The ones I, mean, I remember the scratching and stuff like that. I remember seeing, like, we had a college station, uh, just like this college stations here in Chicago. Like, we had uh, 91.7 MSE. Okay. And when they signed on in, like, 81, 80 yeah. or 81, they kind of revolutionized because, first of all, it's it's a, it's a FM station. It's a college station, but you can hear everywhere in Milwaukee. It's not like how you might listen to a, 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 a was it HPK? Yeah, uh, HPK. And KKC, certain, yeah. KKC, you can just hear them in certain neighborhoods. Yeah. Like this station, you can hear north side, south side, east, west, everywhere. Um, and they were basically just imagine being able to hear uh KKC everywhere okay. in Chicago. Yeah. So it was like that kind of effect where it was a college format just playing whatever the fuck they did, but you could hear it everywhere. So that became like the greatest thing in the world. And they they was really the first people because you could tell that they was hearing what was going on in Chicago because they would be doing a lot of the stuff. Like a lot of the original backspin and the it's time and yeah. and Shannon like when they would hit the okay like that's the first place that I was hearing shit like that because you and and then you just trying to figure out what it is like I ain't even because until you see it you right. don't even really know what it is you like, really just like looking at the radio like what the fuck was right. That? But you realize, you know it's a, a remix because they've been doing remixes. You know, yeah. they've been doing, you know, the edits. Edits have been around forever. But, you know, the, the two turntables, I say, that's probably like MSC was probably my first introduction or WMSC. We call it MSC. Uh, it was probably my first introduction into that. Uh-huh. Excuse me, I take this hot-ass hat off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. But you was into your uh, LTD Jeffrey Osborne <laughs> shit right there. Hold it on. <laughs> He just made got a uh, smooth. <laughs> I came in smooth. Yeah, you got some smoothness. I came in smooth. Um, you got that from your father too? Just no. being laid back? No. Oh yeah, yeah, laid back. <laughs> but I thought you mean the clothes. You said no, 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 no just, just just being like laid back. Yeah, on, on yeah, the chill yeah. Side. Yeah, pops is super chill. Well, he 
he he he. My pops was kind of in the seventies. He he was like black fathers had that um that James Evans in him. You know, just that's what's missing to this. Not to cut you off. Hey, no, hey, you if know, we you, had three James Evans on every block in the black community, right? It'd be straight. Mike's been holding that Jeffrey Osborne joke in for a minute about you. You know that, right? You Thank know you. that, right? Thank you for He's been, getting it out. That just came out of nowhere, no, man. I promise you. Bullshit. I call bullshit. He's been holding that joke I in. Promise. I never did. That just, that just, it came, just came out. out. He's been holding yeah. that came out. Jeffrey Osborne man, he knows joke. I'm a comedian, man. Like, like, <laughs> yes, he like, is. Reasonable Ignorance. Now on SoundCloud. Now on iTunes. Subscribe. Listen. <laughs> share. Look. <laughs> Oh man, eighty four. Okay. Now is, is house music, rap music, is that in eighty four? Uh, that's the year I graduated. Uh, rap music had taken over my life, so house music I wouldn't would say wouldn't didn't get to Milwaukee till like maybe eighty six. Damn. Um, but eighty four we was like Run DMC, Jam on it. Uh, with the freeze wave. Yeah, yeah. No, with curls at that point, like it was real. Curls like niggas, like I in my if I look back at my senior year of high school, like niggas had like straight up like the drippy Jerry's, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Ready for the world, like yeah, all yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Sheila, mad digital display Gosh. up in that bitch. Oh, Sheila, digital display, <laughs> yeah, niggas, yeah, like the silky, curly, just yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, um, but house, like I said, that didn't come. I, I was on NOV by that time. I was like eighty six, and I remember this uh, one of the one of the DJs. Like he just would lose his mind. Like he like have records like Time to Jack, and uh, he was the first person to put us up on a on a Donis No Way Back shit like that. Too far gone. Yeah, and he would no just be like, man, he would be like, you got to hear this. You but you still was this. rocking out, out with hip hop though. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I say eighty five was like my uh, eighty five was when I bought my first turntables and mixer actually i have a mixer because it was like shit piecing together with the job and shit so, but 85 was when i got turntables and then got a mixer and, and what kind of turntables did, did you get my first turntables was 1200s 1200 and, and that's because okay. i remember going to radio shack because everybody's first mixer and at that time was a radio shack mixer okay so i was gonna buy some radio shack turntables and so I started putting some money on uh, Layaway for my Radio Shack mixer and my two Radio Shack turntables. Y'all hear what he said? Layaway. Layaway. Uh, a lost word and <laughs> treasure in the black community. Right. Layaway. Right. So I was like stacking all this money on Layaway. And one of my guys had this catalog from the store in New York. Uh -huh. He was like, man, all that money that you're spending on them uh, two turntables and a mixer like, you could get two 1,200 turntables, which is the top-of-the-line turntables. He was like, you get two of them for what you're paying for them, two turntables in that mixer. So I went to Radio Shack. Got, I told them I wanted my money back. They cut me a check, and I sent the money to New York for them two turntables, and they, they sent me two 1,200. I was literally the first black dude that I knew in that era in Milwaukee with I'm not saying I was the first black first person with 1200s because okay. there were there were DJs there were Hispanic DJs and white DJs but I mean like niggas that came up in the hood like they first my first turntables were 1200s everybody else first turntables was like them 
them uh, belt drive joints that I was yeah. trying to save my money up for. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I got I get two turntables. I'm buying records and just doing basement parties and stuff, man. That's, that's so. Was you influenced by Run? Run DMC? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I'm, one? Which one was your favorite? DMC or Run? Or Jam Master uh, J? Run. Uh, Jam Master J was just you know. DJ. It's like all them cuts, like they super simple now. But I remember back then thinking that that was the craziest shit. Yeah, because we was we wasn't scratching on twelve hundred. We were scratching on our mama's home stereo. Yeah, and after a couple of scratches, that shit was skipping. I think yeah. everybody was scratching back then. So, on, so on Mike, player. rock with me, everybody, rock with me right quick, Mike. I got you. Two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhymes, so I, I said, said this rhyme. I'm about to say. The dime was definitely then it went this way. Took a test to become an MC. And, and all his friends came in amazed with me. So Larry put me inside his Cadillac. The chauffeur drove off and, and we never, never came, came back. back. Jay cut, cut the record, record down, down to the bone. Yeah, And now yeah. they got me rocking on the yeah, microphone. That's, that's my Man, favorite that's, shit. That's, that's. Yeah, just I over a drum. I was on him. Yeah. Then he came back with the J-A-Y, all the letters right. of his name. Yeah. Cutting the That shit Run was, is like. That yeah. dude for me, like he, I gravitated to him. Like, yeah, that shit was like a revelation it. in 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 that era. Uh huh. Just like I guess now, like what kids are hearing is like you know a revelation to them. But then that was so fresh and it was so new and different and unique. It was really different from anything else that we had heard before then because you had the whole Sugar Hill era of you right. Know, I was just about to ask you about that. The Sugar Hill. Did any of that influence you, especially yeah, to the DJ side, to this, like to Grandmaster this Flash, and you know, to this day, I still love. Like to me, I I mean, I call a lot of stuff old man rap, but but the Sugar Hill stuff is like like Freedom by Sugar Hill Gang yeah. and Wheels of Steel. Like that's the shit. Like my first record, like going out buying, going to the record store and. Just like all them blue twelve inches with the yeah. with the Sugar Hill logo on it, man, and, and I call it the snake. Right, right, right. <laughs> the the snake. rainbow snake on it. Yeah, man. So That's much of that. Crazy. I was influenced by all of that. Like I, I bought like, I remember you know not only having a copy of um, Rapper's Delight, but I remember Freedom by, um, and to this day, that's still one of my favorite uh, rap records of all time by. Um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and, and Wheels of Steel. I didn't even realize what he was doing on that record till like years later. Like yeah. Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel, where he's cutting and going back in between. Like I remember that song would play, and it would be like Grandmaster, cut faster, Grandmaster, cut, cut, cut faster. Like we didn't even know that he was scratching because that was before we even had a. We, meaning people that I was around and myself, right, right. even had a concept of what scratching was. Okay, and he had no would, visual either. Yeah, yeah, he had exactly. No right. So that didn't even exist in our minds. So he's, you know, he's mixing and doing all these other tricks that we had no idea was going on until, like I said, years later. Then it'd be like, oh, shit. He, like he was so far, but he wasn't ahead of his times. That's how far New York was from the rest of the world. So, so yeah, all that Sugar Hill stuff, Treacherous Three. Uh, feel the heartbeat and action and all that stuff. Like I could go on for day. Like I'm as as hard as I was a nerd for comic books. I was the same for records. What was your that, DJ name back then? Fresh G. Fresh G. Because Get the fuck out of here, middle, for real. Middle name is George. So yeah, yeah. So the G. Fresh. You know. Fresh. Was it DJ Fresh G or just Fresh mm -hmm. G? DJ Fresh G. Well, Fresh G. I. It wasn't so much people was putting DJ. 
people didn't start putting DJ in front of everything. I don't think so. You were like the you, you were with the George because you probably I assume my father's name is Mike as well. And, and, and so you were the same thing I went through in school. They said your whole name because it was always a class with more than two months. Right, or right, more than one exactly, exactly. So I was Michael Walton because it was a Michael, uh, Michael Smith. It was a Michael yeah, Mitchell. Yeah. It was Everybody Michael had Mitchell. a Michael name back then. Yeah, right. so Everybody. it was a fat Mike. It was a black Mike. It was you wasn't black Mike. I, I was black Michael Walton. So that's why I said everybody, when I get that BMW, dirty folks, Mike. BMW, <laughs> BMW 32, Black Michael Walton 32, I baby. Dirty it. folks, Mike. They, I love they it. ain't like yeah, that they, one. They, they, they call me down on 83. All, all the guys that call me that, they, they hypes now. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> to get you back. Hey, Fresh G. Mm-hmm. Was you in college too, or where'd you go to school? In no, college. I didn't go to college. Okay. Right after high school. I got a job working on WNOV, which is the station that I like. So that's what I wanted to do. I was going to go off to school to study broadcasting. Okay. And when when I got this job at uh at WNOV, I was like, shit. Well, they no need for me to go off to college because I'm doing what I want to do. You found your I passion. Okay. I found it, and I literally worked that through, you know, to to this day. So DJing has always been intertwined with everything that I do. So, Hand claps. So once I got that, once I got that gig. Uh, you followed your passion. I followed it. And yeah. I, and I tell my kids to this day, I said, not very, very few when they, when my 15 to 17 year old look at me and my wife funny, I'd be like, man, one thing that me and your mama got on y'all is that we are both still to this day doing our passion. So it's like, you might look at me crazy, like, you know, but. I'm doing what I want to do. This is what I this was what I was put here to do. DJing and being on the radio, talking to folks and and uh getting people's attention and you know driving people back and forth from the radio to the uh to the social media. I told that to my kids the other day that I uh coach. They're like, Coach Mike, how you remember all this stuff and how you know all these basketball players and how you I said, because basketball was my first love. Yeah, that's right. it. And you couldn't tell me that I wasn't gonna play basketball forever. But you couldn't tell me at y'all age that I was going to be back here at my old grammar school coaching y'all either. Right, And right. giving y'all this lecture about what y'all supposed to be doing in life. And that's the I point. said, so it's everything I love intertwines with each other. Exactly. Cutting hair. I cut hair. I have my barber shop across the street from the same grammar school mm. that I coach at. So that's two loves in one. Right. I love music. I love to party. But everybody that I love somehow worked their way back in my life or I worked my way, you know, like we would party, we we would see each other or they'd come get their hair cut or I'm coaching their kids, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's all one big circle. So I said, my memory is full of my past life. So I can relate to y'all. Like I grew up with a single parent home. Right. I grew up with a mother that strayed a little way off of the path and got mm-hmm. back on, I said, so, it's a reason why I'm here doing this, right. but I get a joy out of it. I said, it's not about the money. The money they give me is not shit. Mm. The money, the, the, the reward is seeing y'all succeed. Absolutely. To see y'all, I said, y'all don't even know when y'all won the other day for the first time, that made me happy. Right. I said, but y'all came like the next day and was celebrating the barbershop with me. Y'all was like, we ain't never won before. I said, remember when I walked in the back? They were like, yeah. I said, I had a tear in my eye. I didn't want y'all to see me crying up. Right. You know That's what I mean? Dope. That's I said, because. I said, because now I feel that that's my reward. Right. I said, so we went and got 60 wings, right? And y'all ate the chicken and I made y'all clean up. 
I said, that's the same. That's my reward. Right. To see y'all happy. I said, I knew y'all had hadn't ate all day. Right. Y'all had said y'all had been out since 11 o'clock at Cold Park playing basketball. Mm. It was seven. <laughs> I said, y'all right. was hungry. Right. So I just took the little money that I had made. Right. And bought y'all 60 wings. But the, but But the passion thing is, you got to know your passion early in life. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then just follow it. Like, right. We not... This this hustle word has taken on its own entity. Mm. Like everybody, like I'm off to the money and I'm hustling this and that, you know. But uh, right now it's tax season. That's not a passion, <laughs> right? Right. You, you think that dude is out there in that uh, Statue of Liberty outfit dancing? So that's his passion, <laughs> right? No, that's not his passion. That's right. What he has to do at the time, right? You got to dance for Liberty taxes, exactly. And at the money. time when it's Eight degrees below zero in Chicago. Fuck that. I, I, I wish I was in Florida. Right, <laughs> right. But he has to do what he has to do. Cause absolutely. You know, I mean, like, and our our parents, my parents had had a different thing that they had to do. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't standing. I, I was watching the episode of Blackish earlier, and they was they was kind of touching on that where, um, uh, you know, the Johnsons, the the younger version, yeah. uh, Anthony Anderson's character is so. They, they family so well off, and his parents, you know, wasn't as well off. Yeah. And, you know, he spend, you know, just spending money on shoes and just crazy shit. And his father, who is, uh, uh, what's his name? Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, trying to tell him how to get it together. And he basically like, man, you know, what we did, we did to survive. He like, we was... He was like, Pops, you live check to check. He was like, shit, that was living back then. Like, that's yeah. that was surviving. That was keeping a roof over our head. He was like, you living check to check don't make no fucking sense. You know, he's <laughs> like, shit, you you like an advertiser and your wife is a doctor. Like, yeah. it ain't no need for y'all to be living check to check. Us, that's how we survive. So, so yeah, we come from that. But at the same time, uh, I didn't go to college, but I expect more from my daughters and I expect them to do more with their lives yeah. and, and go off to college. And, and so far, that's... You, you call know, a blessing. Yeah, exactly. And you class. knew your blessing. Yeah. Early. You knew your blessing early. And I I met my wife early and I knew she was the one early and I didn't I didn't necessarily want to get married, but I knew that if I was gonna marry anybody, it was gonna be her and I'm yeah, glad that I did. struggle with her. Yeah. So, yeah. And dude, go through the ups and now. Listen, so with D uh, go ahead. You guys, like, we all got younger nieces and cousins or whatever mm-hmm. in the family females. Right. Do you see like the difference? Like you, we talked about check the check. When is the last time you seen a young person cut up a chicken? <laughs> they don't when, have to do that. When I was a kid, they don't have to do. I that. don't even think the kids they got, know that they, they got frozen chicken backs. They got frozen yeah. chicken breasts. They're skinless. Yeah. They got chicken wings. Like, like I want to see somebody that can roll some biscuits. I went <laughs> I, I a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I went to the grocery store. And uh, I, I was your wife. Could do I was with my daughter's mother because I got a, <laughs> another daughter that I had with a baby on the side. Yeah, so I yeah, got yeah. my so I got my daughter. Shout out to your wife for sticking with you through that. Yeah, no shit. All, all that uh, Mike right. Love and the Diz at the fifty yard line, nigga. And <laughs> that's why. That's why she the perfect person for me. I always yeah. say that. But yeah. how so rough I was, was that? Wait, wait, that? Whoa, whoa. How, how rough bombs. was that? Get through that, <laughs> right? That's bombs for real. Bombs. So I um. I was Bombs. grocery shopping with, with my daughter's mom. Okay. And we was going to buy chicken. And, you know, and, chick, and, the, chicken, and the chicken was in a package and it was like whole. 
Yeah. And I was like, man, you can can't you still give this to the dude behind the thing and he cut it up? Yeah. Like I wasn't sure because that's something that like moms used to cut up the chicken. Yeah. But occasionally she'd give it to the to the uh, to the, the dude and say, yeah. hey, cut this chicken up, and they would cut it up and then repackage it and give it to you. Like here you go. Yeah. So it's just some things that's what like the so used old. to be inside the chicken. <laughs> ah, nigga, yes. <laughs> yes. Old school, like pull them out. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. be like, you want the gizzards? I, and it's funny because I used to say clean the chicken in the late 90s, and some people didn't know what I was talking about. Nah. Oh, because uh, we went to um, Uncle Remus, no, you know, no diss to the west side. Yeah. But when Uncle Remus was just on the west side, I remember eating a chicken, and I was like, "Man, they don't clean their chicken because it was like all of the all of the, the feathers are still on." No, there. no, all of the excess meat and shit yeah. that that you used to cut off. Yeah, like that was part of cleaning the chicken. Yeah, and I was like, "Man, they don't they don't clean their chicken." And my guy didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> you know why? Because he's a greedy he fuck, and he think he's just like. Damn, they got a whole bunch of shit on this shit. I was chicken. like, no, man. You take, like you said, you take the gizzards and yeah. shit out because it had was in a little package, but you always like cut off some of the extra fatty, fatty shit that was around the edges. At least that's how we did it in Milwaukee. Maybe hey, shit is different he, he, in Chicago. No, it's not. Okay. Only reason why I know because I was a bad kid in, in school. Not bad, like well, uh, bad beating people bad, up, but bad meaning good. Like I was the class clown. Okay. So I would be on punishment. Right. So my a grandmother lot. would make me be in the kitchen with her. Mm-hmm. So I used to have to wash the chicken and do certain okay. things like of that nature. So right. you, when you got a grandmother raising you, you're going to learn all the shit you're supposed all to learn. All that shit, yeah. You're, like, you're going to learn how to vacuum. Like She used to say shit like, uh, an eagle fly high, baby, but it got to come down the ground to eat. That's real. Got to come back to earth to eat. Uh, That's real. Uh, 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 you might have a new broom, but the old broom know where to get the dirt at. <laughs> like she used to say shit like that. That's be like, what the fuck is she talking about? But as life go on, <laughs> you start that a shit new broom. To make sense. <laughs> a new broom, what? You may have a new broom, but the old broom know where to get the dirt at. Oh. Other words, and she told me something one day that fucked my head up. She's like, you ain't been over your girlfriend house in a few days. And I was like, no, nah, I've been playing basketball with Dion. And she was like, well, when the cat's away, the mouse didn't play. I was like, you didn't understand. A few it. years later, they was like, bitches is rats. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> what she was saying is, you need to, you need to go over there every day. Uh, basketball, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, and with their girlfriend, but we had a little spat. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, I went over there. My girlfriend at the time, her brother Danny was like, uh, they were Dimples' new girlfriend, boyfriend at the door. I was right. Like, uh, must be another Dimples in this house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mike, I got to ask. Yes. Let's take it back for a second. Take it back. Okay. Um, LL or Kumo D? LL. LL. Just because of shit. The fucking Maroon Def Jam shit from 85. Like, no, I mean, no. I mean, not to take, like, I fuck with Kumo D in the Treacherous 3 era, but he didn't really have a lot of, he had some hits in the solo era, uh-huh. but... Like, I fuck with the Treacherous 3. Like, I'm so old, like, records like Feel the Heartbeat and mm. Get On Up by the Treacherous 3. Like, those are my fucking records. So I could say Cool Mo D, but he was better in the group. But when yeah. LL came out with radio and shit like that and he did that box shit in the fucking Crush Groove, yeah. like, you just lost your mind. Like, that was that was like a revelation like that. Like, these niggas changed rap. Like, I'm not saying that Kumo D and them didn't, but 
when we first heard like I need a beat, like that shit was so different. <laughs> That's you know. Right. Or the the rock the bells and then on the oh flip side with the rock the bells original version Man. with the doom. You know, you just never heard shit like that before. And a lot of that was Rick Rubin, but it was also LL Cool J, too. And you would so. never think that was that was Rick Rubin at all. Yeah, you, Rick you, Rubin. They, the crazy you wouldn't pay attention is, to that. They had to feel each other. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, the artist is just like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Fuck that shit he on. Because <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm on. Right. What? Uh, but yeah, you we don't just we just old man, man. I I just tell them it's like we just come from a different like we saw things differently and we we remember the beginnings of this of this shit. So, yeah. and you know, granted, shit has changed and well, evolved. Kane or Rock, yeah. Damn. Um. He about, to, he about to get thrown up out of if he mm. choose one. Of, mm, if he mm, choose the one, mm, I think mm. he gonna choose. I'm gonna have to say Rakim. Ah, out. I'm gonna have to say Rakim. <laughs> Just because of No The Ledge is my favorite uh, Eric B. and Rakim song that's not on Paid in Full. Over like, over Raw? Yeah, that's that's a good Come point. Come on now. That's a good point. No, Kane. No, no Kane. I'm trying to sway you. I'm trying I'm to not, sway, your, sway your decision making. My thing with Kane is all of the best Kane cuts are on that first album. Like everything after that is kind of like, I work. Baby, you really that shit was hard. You really finna put that up against? Hey, but but he he, he was Teddy. <laughs> he was fucking with Teddy exactly. He was fucking with Teddy Riley. That was dope. Like hey. I'm not taking nothing away from the nigga. I'm just saying like he was like and, we and finna he, cross the. Okay, shit but over you had to, to spend those day. records he, though, he right? Got, he I got, did. You had this DJ. Absolutely. You had the DJ in that. You know why? Because LL was killing it on the other side with the ladies. Oh yeah, yeah. So you, he was but you, like, you had to DJ those records at the station and in, in, in the clubs and, and in the, the streets, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And on the yes, tapes, yes, yes. All of that shit. I tell people all the time. I was playing these records in the club when they was new, nigga. I was I was playing Word Up by Cameo when it was new. I was playing Control by Janet Jackson in the club when it was new. Uh, Raw, like that was the great thing about Milwaukee that that we had over a lot of cities is that. It was a hip-hop-based city, so you would go to the club in the 80s and hear records like Raw by Big Daddy Kane in the club, yeah. in a regular everyday club, not a often. They, they give it a test run first. For the what was the clubs back then? The clubs, the big club in Milwaukee, it was a downtown club called Sunny's on Broadway, and it was, um, it would be, it would put you in the mind like of, of a Riviera here. Like, okay. Like, so okay. if you think of that kind of magnitude, like the Riv, it was like that, but we just played hip hop all night. Like opening, all was you the night. opening or closing DJ? I was an opener. Okay, so I was. It was in my cutting my teeth days, but I was the kind of guy that I was so good that the people that was fans of me and music wished that I was a closer. But they had a great guy, uh, Reggie Brown, who ended up becoming Jammin' Dave Michaels, oh. who was on the radio here on GCI wow. for some years. Okay, yeah, he he's originally from Milwaukee and. He was like the closer, but man, all public enemy, rebel without a pause, Oops. all that shit. Like, so let's go, let's, let's go, hip hop group, hip hop group, groups, uh, EPMD or tribe. Damn. <laughs> I, I, uh, I shot the sheriff. You know what? Um, it would be easy for me to say tribe, Shout out to Chuck Neely, but 
those EPMD albums all the way up to like the first one on Def Jam, the first or second one, the one with LL and Rampage and all yeah. that shit, like they was killing the game. Yeah. So I want to say Tribe, but I really only fuck with. Uh, what about the Headbanger? Oh yeah. Like when they right. came, that was the fourth one. Yeah, exactly. The headbanger. Exactly. The Headbanger. So with Tribe, I only really fuck with. Um, the second and third album. Like, Midnight Marauders is my favorite Tribe album, and the one, Low End Theory. Like, Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders, fuck it. Like, they took over the game. Okay, to I, gotta, me. I gotta ask you this. Okay. What song in Milwaukee was for the street niggas back then? We talking about from the DJ era of your era from 84 up until, like, wait, let's say 91, Mike? Okay. Magic yeah. Mike yeah. from 84 uh, to 91. What's like, okay, give you, give you prime example. Give okay. you prime example. Right. Um, Dallas Penn said when he played, when, when the DJ played um, Top Billing, Audio 2, mm-hmm. niggas in Brooklyn was getting, they was sticking up the party. Niggas was getting their ass whooped. Right. Chain right. snatched. Right. Somebody was getting their ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What happened back then in Milwaukee? You know what? It what was- song? That you that you played. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say that there was a song. I would say, and this is gonna sound, you know, harsh, but it's the truth because one thing about me is like I'm a, um I'm really big on history and historically how shit, you know, just like 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 I can sit here and say, like, oh, every black person in Chicago went to church. Like, how do yeah. I know that? Because I study things and study people. Yeah. So Milwaukee changed in the mid to late 80s because of the influx of Chicagoans that came up to Milwaukee for welfare benefits. Yeah, got ran out of here. This is this is the truth. This is yeah. not if you Say know, that shit again one more time. The Milwaukee changed and became a an interesting It's funny like paid in full the movie like I remember that shit happening in real life. Like I remember seeing Average everyday niggas that was DJs become dope dealers. Like we all remember, like dope taking over the hood. Like eighty yeah. six, eighty seven, eighty eight. I wouldn't. I won't. I won't say that there was a record that you could play that would. I'm saying that Chicago, and I remember like around eighty six because like all these broads would be like we was playing house and they'd be like. Man, y'all house up here and shit. What y'all think? Y'all, like, y'all don't know nothing about. We yeah. from Chicago. Yeah. So that was the initial, but all of those women, like everybody that was coming up, and this, again, this ain't a knock on Chicago. Like, it's the truth. Like, niggas was coming up. Like, and I would say this to people, and they'd be like, all right, fuck you, you knocking Chicago. I'd be like, niggas, like, the truth is the truth. Like, it was super, super easy. Only a, sh- you could a come true up- Chicago motherfucker would be like, you knocking us for doing some ignorant shit. They'd be like, we hold on to ignorant shit here in Chicago, so I know what you mean. Go ahead. But Go ahead. motherfuckers, like you could come, you could come up to Milwaukee. Like all you had to do was bring your ass and your kids down to the welfare place and say, "I want." And so motherfuckers was doing it. So there was an influx of people, and then like some, a lot of the street vibe came with it because it wasn't just the broads and the kids move up. So now you started to see. You know, from not only Chicago and Detroit. I'm not saying Milwaukee was this. I'm saying that Milwaukee was a lot of lame niggas 
And so just like you might see a paid in full or any of these movies, like it was a certain level. It's like the, the main character was like really a lame nigga. Exactly. And then, but it was like street niggas. It was like, man, we finna rob this lame ass nigga. Exactly. And that that's what happened in Milwaukee. So you had the influx of Chicago. Uh, not saying that Chicago brought drugs, but Chicago brought gangs. So motherfuckers okay. wanted to be in gangs. Everybody started selling dope because that became the thing to do. But Chicago niggas would rob uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee niggas. niggas. And Detroit niggas would rob Milwaukee niggas because they was lame. Because they did not have the structure or come from the street structure like yeah. like you said, you little black folks niggas. So Milwaukee that, didn't have street niggas like that? No, 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 no. no not like that. No, they that. Didn't bust no. across town to the white school. No, no, but never know. Let, let Tony Neal say it. Your DJ brother, he's a street nigga that was from, you know, right. from Milwaukee. You know, Tony street niggas was 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 present up there. Or something that's well, what he was saying. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, well, well I'm, in this day and time, everybody wants to claim the street. No, I'm, I'm just talking about no. But if I'm talking I'm about not, way back I'm then. You know saying, what I'm talking about? No, though. no, there was gangs. Yeah, I mean, we had like two seven, two four, two nine, like gangs that was named after streets. But yeah. I'm not talking about like Chicago was the murder fucking capital. Like if you like niggas wasn't getting killed over coats in the '80s. Like we wasn't getting killed. Yeah, Not we, in the early. We, we was getting killed over coaching. Right, in the 80s. right. What I'm saying and Jordan's. What I'm saying is that yes, there were gangs. Like my brother was like, like niggas was into petty crime. Yeah. But okay. they wasn't into killing niggas over petty crime. Like they wasn't like they was just like strong arm shit. Yeah. So yeah, it was street niggas, but it was like basically strong arm robbery. Purse snatching uh, shit like exactly, that. Exactly, like hitting niggas over the head, jumping motherfuckers. They wasn't killing the number one basketball player in the nation over some bullshit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and that story was so big, and I said this to Mike before, that story was so big that it reached Milwaukee. I mean, it reached everywhere. It was yeah. nationwide. Yeah. 1984. So when I sat there and I watched Benji, it was like, it just brought all that shit back. Yeah. I was like, I remember that shit. like Because I graduated high school in 1984. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. like when, like, in Chicago, the number one yeah. uh, recruit, and you just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that shit was real. Let's, yeah. talk, about, let's talk about Radio Life real quick. Okay. Radio Life, WNOV NOV started it all. Mm-hmm. For me, yep. What was the next the, the next, next move? The next step was uh, WLUM, which was like the, the big black FM station. So it was like going from JPC to BMX, okay. basically. It was like the station that everybody listened to. It was like night and day. It's like I didn't even exist before that radio station. Like when I got on LUM, uh, and the thing about it was I got hired by a guy that I used to listen to when I was a teenager in high school. So it was like... The program director was like the guy that I idolized, listened to. And he had heard about my mixes on NOV and he wanted me to bring some mixes out there. He was getting ready to start a mix show and uh, I got word of it. I took him some mixes. He liked what I was doing and I was doing a, a Saturday weekly mix after that. Like, what were you mixing? What, what I was records? mixing, uh, I was mixing everything, um, Chicago house, uh, but what was on record? Not. Our our house and y'all's house is different because y'all had disco mixed. Like I was playing the shit that I would hear the um the hot mix five play. Yeah. So where y'all might be more influenced by the street culture, like you hear people talking about Frankie and yeah. and Ronnie and all that. And um, and the parties. Yeah. 
and this the parties that y'all yeah. went to, Lil Lewis and all that. Yeah. We knew nothing about that. All all we or people like myself knew about was what was on the radio. Okay. So if I could turn on BMX and hear of I don't know, Mike Hitman Wilson or whoever yeah. the fuck, Bad Boy Bill, whoever them whoever was doing that shit so on ring BMX. My bill with, 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 with some more shit. No, yeah. I mean just like hip house, whatever yeah. house, like whatever house records were being pressed out of Chicago in 87, 88, that kind of shit. That's what we play. So I was playing some of that. Uh hip hop. Not as not as much hip hop because hip hop still had a uh Ooh, you know, it still had that kind of, you know, you can't really go there yet. So and, we, but you were still listening to it though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, we still playing in the club. It was still the hottest shit in the club. But I, I, I truly remember that era, like that VH1 movie where they talking about what was that? Uh, that movie that was just out that they now making into a series. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. They yeah. made that 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 the movie the man the show. is the father. Hmm. Or Method Man is the father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one. TV a little, show now. Little yeah. Mikey. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Mike from the Wire. Yeah. What's the name of the fucking show though? Man, oh shit. Man. Yeah, that. We all know it, but yeah, yeah Listen, that show. But I remember was... them days in radio and mother motherfuckers like we took Rebel Without a Pause to the AM radio station I was working for. And we played that shit on the air, and the program director called us. Was like, "Don't ever play that bullshit wow. again." Like, what are you doing? Like, nigga, we like I lived through all those early. Like, we lived through the era where motherfuckers are now. 24-hour-a-day rap radio stations. So so tell me about the first time, like, you heard, like, N.W.A., like, just cussing Nigga, the whole song. the first time I heard, like, it's so vivid. I went by my guy's house. He had a 12-inch of uh, Dope Man. Yeah, and that's the, what I heard. So the first the first record I heard Corey, like that G-Hard was... Stevens. And shout, shout out to fucking... Uh, Rock- twins and uh, a dude named Champ. We used to shout out to Rocky Hall. I went by his crib, and he was like, fresh. I got this record, man. You got to hear this. And this nigga went in his bedroom and put the needle on this record. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. Say, you know, on the 12 and yeah. she got all this other shit. Yo, yeah. Dry. yeah. And he started rapping about the shit that I was seeing. Like, that's why that shit blew. And yeah. that's why the movie is so real. Uh-huh. Because the shit that was happening in Dope Man was really the shit that was happening in the street. Yeah. It was one said by a man who couldn't quit. Dope man, dope's gonna have another hit. Yep. Dope and all the shit where the girl is like, you need a nigga with the money so you get a dope man. Yeah. Get that bitch for his money. Like that's how broads was in the club. Like yeah. nigga, I had never heard. First of all, I never heard no cursing like that. Yeah. But then, like the truth and honesty. Like when I say like I seen the life, I never lived that life. Uh-huh. But I've always been I'm the nerdy ass observer. We, we, so we, we, I'm we literally the nigga yeah. that's sitting in the cut, like checking everything and everybody out. So the thing about that record was I saw that in the clubs. Like the girls wanted to be around the dope man. Like the dope man became like it came and it came out of nowhere. Like Remember what uh, my man gone. said in the vapors? Nigga, yep. please, you work for UPS. Right, right. And now, twenty right. some years later, every chick want to do with the benefits that work for UPS. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't, but at that time, like them chicks was chasing after balling niggas. Yeah. You know, niggas with fat pockets. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was something to see. Today, you interviewed a legend in the game. Yeah, yeah. L.A. L.A. Reed. Reed. L.A. Reed. And it was worked with Babyface. Was part of the deal. Mm-hmm. So I always said. L.A. and Babyface, and you got uh, 
Jimmy Jam and Terry Jam Lewis. Jam and Lewis, yeah. And through the late 80s and all the 90s, they controlled yeah, music, man. Yeah, they controlled the, the black radio, music. If, if, black you, music, if, if, you had, if you had a hit, that's why it was by them. That was like the like eighty seven like the first time I heard like records like girlfriend and shit like that like yeah. the, like because you got to remember like that was the main music like hip hop was like yeah like you trying play, to bubble it was bubbling. right it was bubbling but it was still taboo so you yeah. can really so arm like them R and B records that they was making so for me when L A Reid was coming to the radio station and and this this again goes just back to being an O G. So they told me on December 11th, they was sent me an email like, L.A. Reid is coming to the radio station in February. He's work, He's got a book that's coming out, and you're going to interview him. So I was like, hey, how about, you know, I get a copy of the book, so when he comes, we can talk about the book. They was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. So the book comes about a month ago, like a month after the email. So I get the book literally weeks before it even comes out. I sit there, I read the book because that's what I do. I fucking read. Yeah. And so when he comes, finally comes for the interview today, February 18th, like I read the book cover to cover, not like how motherfuckers read now, yeah, like yeah. open in the middle of the yeah. book and read what they want to <laughs> read. Like I read the shit from, from the intro all the way to the last page. And he literally told his people that, and he's done interviews he, that's all he doing yeah. is fucking interviews for this yeah. book. And he told his people that this is one of the top three interviews that he's had since he's been on this book tour. And when I said that shit about every little step, Bobby like Brown. that's some shit that I've been saying. Like in the book he writes about, like he wrote every little step. He wrote it uh, because he was in love with Pebbles and he was driving down the yeah. street and then the words just came to him. I can't sleep at night. It's awesome time. Yeah. Who don't fucking know that song? Because it got played. But on the version, uh, he don't, well. Bobby Brown here. Oh, you he oh, okay. So I'm talking so talk about All right. Yeah. But it's what, getting what, I didn't realize, <laughs> what I didn't, real, over here what right I didn't realize, right what I knew, the video version, yeah. he do the same verse twice. Twice. Right. He, but he's singing in a different key. Like he's saying, I can't sleep at yeah. night. And then he do it. And I always was like. Who the fuck the L.A. and Babyface think they is giving us the same fucking verse twice? Yeah. And then I was like, this nigga wrote a song, but he only wrote one verse? So I went back and listened to the original version on the album, Don't Be Cruel, yeah. and it is two different verses, two separate verses. Exactly. So I was like, oh, when this nigga come up to the radio station, I'm going to ask him about it. So I was like, dude, what was with y'all having Bobby Brown have two? And he was like, man, you are the first. He was like, first of all, I didn't even realize that myself until 2004. Right. And I was like, nigga, that record came out in 89. 88. <laughs> right. You ain't real. See? See? Ah, I'm a nigga Mike. New no. edition. Right. Bobby Brown. Right. Oh, I seen God. him. I've right. seen him doing Stan. the stuff. Yeah. I he seen me at the stuff. last concert at the casino. I seen him doing the stuff. Yeah. But I was like, okay, that's something that I always realize. And I, every now and then I make a Facebook post about it. I'd be like, like, who the fuck do they think? So I was like, when he come up, I'm going to be like, who the fuck you think you are? Repeat. And he was like, man, that was a mistake that the uh, the engineer made. Right. Like, he flew the verse. Like, right. And that probably was just him singing it two different ways. Yeah. And they was like, he was like, and for whatever reason, just flew the verse twice. Yeah. In two different ways. Like, that's just the way the record go. But L.A. Reid himself didn't even notice it. And he said, man, you're the first person that ever 
ever mentioned that to me. And he was like super impressed. And A. Reed is it. the one that signed Whitney Houston to that hundred million dollars. Oh, okay. That's who did that. And the uh, gave her that well, hundred million dollars. I thought Clive did that. No, the L.A. Reid was behind that because he signed to LaFace. And she that's why wait, she wait, was wait, in Atlanta. You're right, you're right. You're right that's you're right. why she was in Atlanta. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. right. With her and Bobby. Yeah. And, and, and they yeah. the one that took off. They are the reason why the Atlanta music scene, scene took, took off, off like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. LaFace, right. But, you know, also at the, the same time, with, you know, with, with L.A., he's also the main reason why we had Bad Boy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying exactly yeah, because you know. he introduced Puffy to uh, Clive. Yeah, to Clive. Yeah. And that's all in the book. Yeah, so I got to get that book. I'm, I, I was meant to go see him yesterday. I heard it was sold out or whatever and yeah. everything. So it's a great book. He's a still making book. the rounds. I, it's a, I take it's right. A, it's a well, yeah, yeah. He's trying to sell a book. He's he's a fucking uh, so L.A. A Babyface or Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis. Damn. Damn. Oh, that's Jimmy tough. Jam Terry oh, Lewis rolls right next door to you now. Ooh. That's in Minnesota, tough. that's tough because I, uh, I got to ask. Oh my god, we got to do a because part two. the thing we got to do a part two. It's Mike like Lowe part two. Seriously, it's like really it just kind of ends with Janet Jackson with them. So it's like I almost got to go. It? I almost got to go. Tell me what they did post Janet. Man post Janet. Okay, okay, that's it. The new edition. No, Man Condition did all their own stuff. The, 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 that's right. The new edition, if it right. is. Right, that one out. Oh, my God. Okay. oh, my God. Oh, come on, man. And then they came back and did it, got them again for the, the one love. Come on, Solo? Man. One song. You remember, the group, you remember that, that group Solo? Yeah, yeah, that was all on What was the other people. group that they, they had? That, that, Man Condition, Solo. Um, they also, Sounds of Blackness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Optimistic. Some, Optimistic is a cut. <laughs> come on, man. Optimistic. Got, Which one I, is and that And they one? also introduced us to the SOS band. They did, oh, yeah, they, they, they did all that. Out. They did all of them, come yeah. Come on. I'm not, Mike I'm Love not, is trying to cut down I'm the time. Jam and the Terry time. Lewis. I'm just saying that it stopped at Janet. Like, yeah. I'm I'm not saying it started. I'm saying you got all that whole. I really think them the, them the only people that can make Janet do what she do. Right, because they brought her back. Still, they brought her back this year. Right, with the, with the steppers cutting. I think here it's, in Chicago, that shit, I and that shit went, came and went, <laughs> came and went. It okay, was big with the steppers though, Mike. And that's it. I, I, we got to do a part two. We got to do a part two. Um, WLUM. Mm-hmm. Let's go for it. You make the transition from Milwaukee to Chicago. Right. Take us from that real quick. Okay. Around in 94, I got let go. I was I was at uh, LUM from 88 to 94, which is a pretty good run. And right. uh, As a personality, DJ, or? I was uh, I was on the air by that time. Okay. And I was doing the weekend mixes. So I did like a live weekend mix on Friday and Saturday, and I was on the radio Monday through Friday. So I was on like six days a week. So the station was changing formats. They was going... Okay into like a, a alternative rock direction so they like got rid of everybody so station changes formats in 94 uh i'm out of a job and uh i sent the tape to uh was your wife mad no my wife my wife has been supportive the whole time man for the most part black I mean, women could get mad there. yeah you know, they the white can. vibes could yeah, get mad yeah 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 she always you out of a job right no she was you she don't was, know about that see she was supportive she was that way Magic after gci she was because shit. gci was so <laughs> lucrative right and she had to go back to work so she was like used to like just chilling being a housewife okay so she wasn't mad the first time around because she was still working and we were still in milwaukee and you know our lives hadn't 
flip flop. We didn't have you know three kids either. You know, life was different by by two thousand seven. So she wasn't mad. She was just like, it'll all work out. And as a matter of fact, her and uh and Jello, he just go by Ryan now, but he was Jello back then. Like they both suggested that I like send the tape to you know Chicago, see what was going on. And Jello was like, man, you should try to see if you can get on GCI. And back in them days, you could just send a tape, and if you was good enough, uh, and people would always ask that would be the most asked question, like, how did you get a job on GCI? Who did you know? And I was like, nobody. I sent them a tape. I wow. sent the air check. Uh-huh. They heard it. They liked it. They called me. I came down for an interview. I got the job, and that was it. Who was the, who was the head guy back, back then? Elroy was the program director. and uh, You know what Elroy did? Uh, Elroy Smith? You know where you from? Where? Tell me where you from. Bermuda? Bermuda. What record did he break? Oh, oh. Candy Girl. He worked. He worked on the radio in Boston. Boston. Yeah. He he hey. he was on the air when Candy Girl first played. I don't know why you know that, but you you hey. fucking yeah. You like me? It's a fucking hey, man. Like people man. be tripping out on my on that's dope. my memory. That's dope. If it ain't Jay Z, it's New that, Edition. That's that mic. That's that mic in me, man. That's that mic in me. That mic. So oh. yeah. So yeah. I get. I sent them a tape. Um. It was a little um, push. I, they've always done, like, good cop, bad cop at uh, GCI. So I think that Elroy was the bad cop. So he was kind of like, I'm not too sure about you. You're from Milwaukee. What do you know about Chicago? You know, come down here being on the radio. But everybody else was sold. The uh, music director at the time was sold. And, you know, I, I had some, uh, like, I knew radio. Like, I, I was... Good. I was fundamentally sound. You know what I'm saying? It's like stepping on the court. It's like some guys are just like fundamentally sound. So I was fundamentally sound in radio. So it was yeah. like I was. It didn't matter where I was from. You could you can learn everything else if you if you know the fundamentals. You can learn exactly. You, you, if you, you know the fundamentals, you no all you gotta habits. do is learn to play. Yeah, no bad habits. Exactly. All so I you, need so to you learn. So you just I just bring the ball to the court. Exactly. Pass it around. Exactly. When the shot was over, you take it and make it. Yeah. So I, I just. That. I just and the reason yeah, why I know that man is because my aunt Kitty Neely used to work for WJPC. Okay, but being around New Edition over the years after she passed away, Bobby Brown, I heard him say one day, Elroy Smith gave us our first big shot out of any major city in the country. Yeah, on GCI, not New York, not Philadelphia, not nowhere else. Right here in GC, right here in Chicago, on GCI. So that's why they always had a strong fan base here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A strong fan base. Yeah, they got super strong. Super strong. Even though all them ladies shaped like this bottle of wine right here right now. They <laughs> 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 was, was at the show. Hey, was Mike. at the show, man. We got to wrap it up now. All right. But we, we, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. This like, has been the most in-depth interview of myself or someone has done of me yeah. in my life. So you, you, yeah. You, like in-depth, like you're telling us about your life. Like yeah. motherfuckers be like, so how'd you get on GCI? Yeah. And that's nah, where it starts. We, 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 we go in that's here. We got, we got to paint the picture and, and everything. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that, man. That's very We really unique. appreciate you coming out here. Thank man. you for Part having Part two? Yeah, yeah. Give me a little time because, uh, you know, a nigga ain't going to want to come this far. No, no, no. I drive all the no, time. No, no. bullshit. This, this the thing we're going to do with you. We didn't have Leon. We're going to get Tony. And we're going to get all three of y'all back together for part two together. That would be dope. And, and, and like, 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 because I, I really feel deep down inside, like, you all are our collective 
people for that, that made our radio. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. nothing against Crazy Howard, none of the people, but you all get into what we get yeah, into. Yeah, I think that you, I think that we just have been like the most down to earth, real yeah. motherfuckers as well, yeah. like, and always stayed that way. I think everybody else was Hollywood. I think the Crazy Howards, the Dizzes of the world. I think oh, just man. certain like, niggas was just unapproachable. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like and like you would come in Francis and just. Chill on the wall. Right. Like you yeah. came in when I was hosting the, doing the uh, Monday Night Mingle shit. You came, just was chilling. Right. And I was like, Mike, I'm just chilling. Yeah. Because I, I just really just, come to just, man, yeah. I yeah, just come do. to you, see. Even if you come, even if I've seen you DJ before, you just come in and just, you know, come in and kill. I do, man. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. don't you don't come in on the, on, on that. No, no, on that rah, Chicago rah, BS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's I'm just telling DJ niggas is just you know. Give me 42 Heineken's motherfucker. You know what? <laughs> that's because that's good, and it just kind of goes back to my where I was raised. Like I just, and I'm not saying that niggas because obviously uh, Tony and Leon. Leon are from Chicago, yeah. but I just never had a sense of like I come from a place where niggas don't necessarily want to be. Right. So there is no, there's no pride. There's some pride, but it's not like Chicago pride. Like nigga, I'm from Chicago. Oh, like you got pride because you had a Fubu Milwaukee jersey, <laughs> bombs, and I never will forget that. Hey, that motherfucker said Milwaukee and he had Fubu. I was like, where the fuck did he get that? Because right. <laughs> actually, at the time, I was back with old girl from. My high school sweetheart, mm. and I was like, I gotta get her that jersey. Right, I remember. And you was like, I, I don't know, man. You gotta, you gotta. Remember, I used to tell you about I Washington, running right. the meal and this and all uh-huh. that. Yeah, I, I, I used to run into him periodically, man. And that was that was doing the. Probably around the time you get your side, baby. Uh, <laughs> no, that's recent. Reasonable ignorance. Recent. Hey, man. Episode Thank 36. Mike Love, part one. I'll be back. Mama, every day away from you is another day we'll be getting closer to you. And check this out. This is our new slogan. Go ahead. There's nothing like broad experience. No, hold on, hold on. You fucked it up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bombs! There's nothing like broad sense. There's nothing like broad sense. Because broad sense is experience. Trust me. There you go. Reasonable Ignorance, episode 36, Mike Love, part one. We appreciate you, man. We love you. Thank y'all again. Thank you. Reasonable Ignorance. Now on SoundCloud. Now on iTunes. Subscribe. Listen. Share.